How many glad you're in church this morning? Amen. Amen. Listen, we might not be a whole lot, but we're making a little noise. (laughs) Amen. Thank God for the people of God. I want you to turn me to 1 John chapter 3 this morning. And I want to talk a little bit about your responsibility as a Christian. Amen. Uh, You know, I I would like to be able to make people pray, (laughs) read, but I can't do that. We have responsibilities as believers that we have to to grow. Uh, Coming to church is good, but you're not going to grow till you hear what God says. Amen. You're not going to grow till you receive what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And your responsibility is to listen. Your responsibility is to receive the word of God, Amen. to grow. Uh, I, you know, I'm one thing, I've been in a little while now, and seriously, it's sad in the modern church. Because I see people go to church, but I don't see people go to God. <laughs> Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. I see people trying to say they're Christians, but their testimony is not there. And, I, and I'm looking at that stuff, and I say, you know, listen, I have a responsibility for my own spiritual walk, okay? Uh, I, I have a responsibility to pray. Because if I'm going to hear from God, i got to pray, right? Amen. Just suppose me and my wife would make a covenant. We're never going to talk to each other again. Not, 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 see, I bet in a month, we'd be pulling each other's heads off. Because you got to communicate, what kind of marriage would I have if I didn't communicate? Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe I'd have preached something else. <laughs> if I didn't talk to her, <laughs> say, Jan, did you pay that light bill? <laughs> that would even be, that wouldn't work. Just, that ain't going to work. Hey, nod in your head. We have the responsibility as believers to receive what God has. Amen? We have the responsibility to pray. We have responsibility to come to church. We have responsibility. I can't drag people to church. I can't drag people to pray. I can't drag people to to read the, the Bible. I can just encourage you. I know what it's done for me, and I can be a testimony. It's changed my life. Well, how, Belen? How, how is it changed? It made me think clearly. It made me see God. <laughs> it made me see his ways. It made me see. I felt the spirit of God. He said, if you trust me with all your heart and believe that Christ said, uh, you know, I said, I'm saved because of, I've, I've heard the gospel. What if I came to church that day and said, hey, listen, none of that preacher has to say. <laughs> Not because it's me. <laughs> I feel the presence of God. It's because of the Holy Ghost. Speaking to you, I am not the Holy Ghost. I, I am not God. And I'm going to say, and I said a lot of times, I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message. I'm only the man here to deliver something that God has said to do. And you are responsible to take what you hear this morning and make it work in your life. When you get out there on your job, I'll go to Walmart. I'll go to all these places that you travel. That light has to be there. 
That testimony of Jesus Christ has to be there. They have to, man, I feel it. You have to feel that presence and that peace of God in your life. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say, Chucky, why are you always happy? Because I went to church. <laughs> Just going to church now? No, because I listened to what God had to say. And I believe it. I'm not as stressful. God says it's in his hands. You trust me. You believe me. And whatever you ask in my name, it will be done. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I might get off in the middle in this one. <laughs> we have to, as Christians, have to adopt the, the presence of God in our life. If he's not coming into your life, he's not speaking to your life, then, then you are blocking him off. Jesus warned us that they have ears, but they don't hear. <laughs> Come on, they're here to preach it, but they're not listening. They'll, they'll, they'll have a form of godliness. They'll look godly. They'll dress godly, but they, they, they deny the power. That's what it's going to be like in the last days. I'm telling you, I, I thank God for this little church. But in, in, when I see in general the church, not necessarily but in general, I'm talking about the body of Christ. And I, I've watched people. Seriously, I've, I, man, there's things all the time I went to church, I was excited, brother. I, oh, the preacher stirred my heart, man. The word just, just generated me. I had to go tell him and say, that was, I thank God you gave that word. That was for me. And I'll be honest with you, now I'm not boasting. I, the last five, six years, seriously, there's not, there's not too many times I didn't leave with something. The man of God spoke. I said, man, that's good. I needed that. <laughs> How many know you're in church this morning because you need something? <laughs> I see a few hands. Hallelujah. I must hear a good. <laughs> Let's say you, you throw a rock in a dark alley and you hear something holler, you know you hit them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're true. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are responsible to be a light. You're responsible to receive what God has. You're responsible to seek his face. I can't make you do it. I, I have trouble making myself do it sometimes, praise God. But you know what? I do it. Because I know that in my life, as I walk with God, the only thing that's going to stand out is where my faith's at, praise God. And if I don't seek him, if I don't trust him, if I don't believe him, I won't serve him. Well, I thought I just had to come to church and you tell us what we need to do. And that was the end of it. No, that ain't the end of it. <laughs> Praise God. I can throw a lot of chicken feet out there, but if you ain't going to eat none, <laughs> it ain't going to benefit you one bit. You can look at them and see them stupid people. They're eating all that chicken feet. They don't need that. <laughs> come on, somebody. You're here today to receive something from God, not me. I was telling Kevin, it ain't about the preachers, really. So we talking about that. Back. It says, not you saved coming. You, you, you're here because you are saved. Because if you don't come, then there's no hunger inside of you for God. And you leave with something to grow. You don't ever eat. You'll die. This is God's hospital, Kevin. I guess that's how I would put it. This is God's feeding table. This is God's buffet. <laughs> Come on, somebody. 
All you can eat, man. You can stuff your face till it's coming out your ears if you want. Come on. Hallelujah. Okay. But we know this. Wait, let me start again. Verse uh, 3. Now, chapter 3 of 1 John, verse 16. By this we know love, because he laid his life for us. And we also lay down our life for others. And that's a responsibility. We ought to, we ought to be able to sacrifice ourselves for one another. As a Christian, our main purpose is to help one another. Strength. That was part of the ministry. That as we need, as, we, as we, we face trials, we're all there to strengthen one another. We're there to lay down our lives. That's strong. That's, that, that is powerful. I asked myself one day, do I love my wife, Lord? And you know what God told me? Would you die for us in a heartbeat? <laughs> then you love her. If we love each other, we're going to make sacrifices for each other. If we love each other, we're going to support one another. If we love each other, we're going to comfort one another. Jesus gave his life on the cross because he loved us. That's the responsibility that he's given us as believers. We can't just say, I'm just going to be a Christian and I ain't going to talk to anybody. And, 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 and I'm just going to go to church and you know, I'll get on my vehicle and I'll take off and go where I got to go. Listen, that ain't right. I'm telling you, you have to go to people every day. But when, when, when people are hurting, we need each other. We need to be praying for each other. And I think that makes more of the responsibility I'm, I'm bringing up. Are you praying for me? <laughs> Am I praying for you? I'll tell you, my wife's not lying. Me and her have been praying for the people that have been sick in the church. And we've been asking God to heal them. And you know what? I'm looking forward for them to be here back again. And they'll be sitting in this church. I got a call, and Janice got a, a text this morning. I'll tell you from who. A, a, a lady that's having a problem with her husband right now. And, she, and you know what? We're going to pray for her. Because there, there's things that you're going through might not be as bad as somebody else. Watch. And what God, God brought you through, you're supposed to help somebody else go through it. We think, well, God brought me through this just to make me a faithful Christian. No, he brought it to you through not only for that, but it's also to pass it on. Praise God. How many know this gospel is not to stay here in this church? <laughs> Come on. I'm going to preach this morning. It's not that you're a pew warmer. You come in here not only to receive it for yourself, but to give it back to someone else. Anytime you tell people about Jesus, you're passing it on. You're passing that responsibility as a, as a testimony, as a witness. We're all called to be witnesses. You might not be called to be a pastor or a prophet, or, but you are a testimony. I had one brother tell me one time, you know, he was involved with apologetics. And what that is, <laughs> I'm a Cajun, so don't ask me for a big definition. Apologetics is trying to... Uh, uh, let the world understand. Explain to the world what the gospel is. You know what I'm saying? To present the gospel, and, and I don't like the word apologetic because I don't have to apologize nothing in this book. That's what it sounds like. But anyway, it's to uh, use examples. Uh, use almost, it's almost like psychology. That's what it is. But it's not. I'm not against it, but I'm against. I told that little fellow, I said, you know what? And he was trying to use his apologetics, witnessing. And they were eating him up. <laughs> so I said, why don't you just be a testimony? 
Tell them what God has done in your life. Tell them how God has changed your life. Tell them how God has made your life better. You're no longer an alcoholic. You're no longer a drug addict. You're no longer, you're no longer none of that stuff anymore. You are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That ought to excite somebody, praise God, that is struggling. That ought to make somebody say, listen, this God is real because I knew him. I knew her. And now look at him. Look at him. Come on, somebody. Kevin, you mind if I use you? Kevin said at one time he came at that door. His family was in. He came, opened the door. He said, get, get out of here. Get out of this church. Look at him. I would have never thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now he's, he's sitting there listening. <laughs> That's a blessing. That's a good testimony. I like that. He's coming to get his kid, kids and his wife out of church. Oh, get out of here. I don't want y'all over here. And now he's sitting there. Amen. Listen. <laughs> I remember Brother Mike. But my brother, he sat up there and said, I used to be an alcoholic. I said, what? <laughs> I said, what? I said, I would have never in my million years thought he was an alcoholic. <laughs> but God has God changed him. My dear uncle from Henderson, I told uh, Kevin that. I said, he, he was one, ever since I know him, I was small, he's been serving the Lord. And he told me, he said, Lanny, he says, when I got saved, the Holy Spirit came in my life. He says, I didn't desire alcohol no more. I didn't desire none of that stuff anymore. He said, he changed really like that. Now he's a testimony. Since I'm small, I don't never remember him not serving God. You know, him and his wife. Polly was one of the first people in Henderson to get born again because that's a bad place, man. That's about the... The fornicating, lying, running around in capital of the world. When I was young, they would jump from one ballroom to the other, right across the street. My mama one time left me in one. Of the, my grandfather used to own one, I know. I woke up, I was about six years old. I was locked up in a ballroom. Of course, my mama, she was right in the back. My grandfather lived in the back, so I wasn't that far. But anyway, it's just the idea, you know. I watched... Oh, Lord, I watch people fight like dogs and cats, man. I said, man, I tell my oh, man, it was horrible. But I remember my uncle, as long as I can remember, I never saw him unsaved. I was probably small when he, he come to the Lord, but it changed his life. And you know what? He's still serving God, 87 years old. My daddy was young. He died. All his brothers and sisters are dead, but he's still alive. Yeah. Brother Allen, he's still in that basin raising gillnet. 87 years old, buddy. The power of God. The power of God. Don't tell me God don't bless his people. Don't tell me God is not with his people. Well, You can't get them little wimpy little things off the street to pick up a, a can on the side of the road, but he's raising gillnets, man. I preached for his wife's funeral a few weeks back. And uh, he, he told me, Lenny, if I, if I don't, I stop, I'll die. <laughs> a testimony. A testimony. You're responsible for what you do with Jesus. Come on, somebody. You are responsible for what you do with Jesus. What I do with Jesus is not my wife's responsibility. It's mine. 
Vice versa. Ray, what you do with Jesus is not Yvette's responsibility or Chuck or Pamela or blah, all of us. Man, just be the bottom line. If my wife or myself were living like hell, we still, each one of us had to still serve God. If, if, if I was, she was serving, saved, and I was living like hell, she still has to serve God. She can't determine her, her responsibility because of how I live my life. Because she's still got to go on, or vice versa. Hallelujah. We are responsible for the gospel. Like I said, you might not be called to be a preacher or pastor, but you are a testimony. Turn with me to Matthew real quick. I hope this is helping you this morning. Chapter 5. What a big God we serve. Amen. You know, I was, my wife and Yvette was singing this morning, and they were singing that song, I need you, Lord, more than yesterday. I need you, Lord, more than words could say. I need you, Lord, more the air that I breathe. I need you, Lord, I need you, Lord. That sounds like a personal song. Seriously, it sounds like a song. She was leading worship, but that was for you and me. If you were singing that song, you were singing it to God. Not to, not to the church, not to the to brother or sister. You were singing it to the Lord. So you identified by singing that song that you have only one need. And that's the Lord. He is the top of your pyramid. Hallelujah. Everything comes down through him. You sick this morning? He is the Lord. I need you, Lord. Come on, somebody. You having marital problems? I need you, Lord. You having financial problems? I need you, Lord. You having family problems? I need you, Lord. Everything comes down from that, that pyramid, from the peak of the pyramid. And everything flows on both sides. Amen. Everything you need. I need you, Lord, more than yesterday. Listen, you troubled about yesterday? Forget it. God has it in his hand. Listen, I need you, Lord, more than words. Because I don't care what a man or woman says. Hallelujah. I don't care what I say. God's word is alive, praise And it's settled in heaven. That's what it comes down to, praise God. He is the peak. So everything comes down through him. Everything comes down through him. You are the salt in verse. Did I ask to give you a verse? Chapter 5, verse 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Get, get me excited. Hallelujah. I was, telling, I was telling my wife, I was dreaming that I was dreaming I was, and I, and I watched Yvette run a lot. <laughs> I was dreaming I was running. I got so excited. I was running. It was in here. I was running. I saw some new faces. Really, I did. And I saw, I saw some old faces. And I was running. I was preaching and running. All I would do is Jesus is everything. Jesus is life. Man, trust in Jesus. Now we're running. Oh, don't get me started. I'm going to jump up right now. <laughs> I was running and preaching. Oh, man. And I was here. Oh, amen. Now, listen, let's get it. 
Woo, I feel the presence of the Lord. Yo, yo. <laughs> I might take off after a while. <laughs> but I was, listen, I remember I was just shouting, Jesus is the way. Jesus is life. Jesus is everything. You need to trust the Lord. You need to come to God. I was just running and preaching. I was running and preaching. <laughs> I like to dream them countries. <laughs> Woo. Hi. And I was having a good time. Listen, oh, you just have an imagination. Heck on, leave my imagination alone, praise God. <laughs> Made me happy. <laughs> all right. You are the salt of the earth. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish reading, but I'm going to stop there. Tricky, I need your salt, brother. I need my wife's salt. I need Red and Ray and all of y'all salt. We need each other. To, we, need, we are the salt. Of the earth. Salt is a preservative. Listen, you give me some of your salt, I'll make it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I don't mean to preach another sermon, but it's the truth. Listen, your responsibility is to share that salt with me. Praise God. You are the salt. You're the seasoning of the earth. Praise God. Jesus is saying the rest of the world is dead and dried and with no taste. Hallelujah. But God has given us taste. God has given us salt to season this wicked world we're living in. Praise God. You are the salt of the earth. Your responsibility is to spread that salt around. Come on. <laughs> I'm preaching good, are you, man? <laughs> amen. <laughs> Say amen out to something, brave God. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth. You have to spread that salt out, praise God. Give it to me. I need some of it. Hallelujah. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its flavor or savor, where would shall it be salted? Season. You know, we used to hear stories of people taking salt to preserve meat. You remember that, right? Talked about. They used it for a lot of stuff. Listen, don't give me. I'm off for tell you. She cooked me eggs and grits in the morning. Is seasoned enough? Nope. <laughs> I want some more. I got to taste the seasoning, brother. I got to taste the spice. When I look at y'all, I got to taste that spice, amen? I got to taste that seasoning. My Lord, I'm preaching this. I need your salt, amen? Throw it over here. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, what is good, good for nothing but the trot on the foot of man? Hallelujah. But when the church loses its salt, we, we ain't going to make no difference. When the church has lost its seasoning, we're not going to impact this community. We're just religious people. Come on, somebody. Amen. You know, we're just barren sheep. We're not producing anything for God. Listen, I, I've met people and I've been myself in a position where I share the gospel. If they don't see the salt in me, I'll fucking know oh, you can need Jesus in your life. Uh, not just imagine I'm witnessing somebody with no salt. I go to church. Uh, you could come with me. God will help you. <laughs> but when I come, Jesus can save you today. Jesus can change your life. Jesus can love you. And Jesus can deliver you. Hallelujah. Who are you going to listen to? What message would you listen to? A dead, cold preacher? Or some salt thrown out in the air? Praise God. That man has, listen, I've listened to preachers. You can hear the passion. For the Lord. And it excites me. Praise God. If you're a Christian today. Listen. The message ought to excite you. Praise God. God wants us to excite us. He wants to get us get excited about his message. About his. Listen. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. But it don't have to be our world. That's right. Come on somebody. 
Whether it be Trump or Biden or the Democrats or the Republicans, it ain't our world. You know why we got people like that in us? Because we don't got no salt in our lives. Oh, the church has lost its seasoning, hallelujah. It lost its salt, and that's why we don't have a man of God in, in, in the office. Because we become cold, dead, uh, a psychological preaching. When I, you know, it's all about the mind. They're preaching, you know, you're really a good person. You're, really, you're not evil. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> One preacher said it the other day. I was listening to, he said, 90-something percent of the, mer- uh, the world is basically good. I said, yeah? <laughs> what planet is he on? <laughs> Tell him poor people over there in Africa that's dying on the hands of Muslim terrorists. And, and tell, tell him Christians that they're losing their heads. Tell him that oh, the, the, the Muslims are good. The, the religious people are all good. Uh, everybody's good. It's just, you know, 90-something percent of the world is good. What, what bed has he been sleeping in? What rock did he crawl out from under? Put that TV on, you're going to find out people are murdering each other, praise God. People are, are killing each other. I mean, uh, dying of disease and sickness. Tell me the world is good. I'm going to tell you the one reason why we're at in America. And I'm not blaming the Democrats. I'm not blaming the Republicans. I'm blaming the church. Because they lost their soul. They lost their seasoning. At one time... Even though a president wasn't saved, he sought the advice of a preacher. Come on, somebody. They sought the advice of godly men. What should we do? Preachers would go, you know, and, 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 and minister to the presidents and to those in authority. But now you don't see that no more. It's dead. The church is dead. I'm talking about the body of Christ. The body of Christ is dead. Because we don't have salt. Anymore. We, we, we've been ridiculed, brothers, sisters. The church has been mocked. The body of Christ in America has been laughed at. Look, look, look on television. Every time you, you show a, a Bible-believing preacher, he's either running around on his wife or he's, you know, they, they're always portraying Christians as some kind of dingwits that, that just are out there to take people's money and fake things. Never. I have never saw one on these modern television programs that ever exalt a preacher and say, this is a man of God. But we lost our soul. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the loss is lost, the the salt that lost its flavor or savor, how shall it be seasoned? Do you really want to eat food with no seasoning? Huh? That is about the unpleasant <laughs> thing I can do. Just, just, just cook rice without no salt. Okay. What if we, you know, you know what does it take to make biscuit, Jen? Flour, eggs, oil. Put them together. Hey, we got some. But I go to Yvette and say, here's a cup of salt. Have fun. Huh? Here, here, here's a, Kevin, here, here, drink up some of this oil. Oh, here, here's a cup of flour. Have at it. <laughs> Put them all together and make biscuits. We got something, buddy. 
<laughs> hey, put them all together. Let's make some pancakes or something. Hallelujah. Hey, we're in good shape. <laughs> we got to mix this stuff up. We got to put salt or seasoning and take what's right and make it work. If we lost our season, where shall we be sold? If we lost the flavor, if we lost working together, Ray, putting everything in the same bucket, you know, I might be hot sauce, my wife might be salt. You might be seasoned and you might be the flour, you might be the oil. Praise God, put it together. Let's, let's see what's going on. I was telling somebody, I said, you know, I stopped because I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> my wife would get up in the morning, she'd we buy the little biscuits. I'm going to make you hungry. <laughs> and she would, and I was trying to be a good, trying to lose weight. And she'd buy the, you ever saw the turkey sausage, patties, whatever, breakfast. Man, she'd put that bit, put some butter on, on between there, and she'd put some white gravy on top, and she'd throw some black pepper. <laughs> oh, 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 talk about her to me. <laughs> If you want to go on in the diet, you need to be thinking about that this morning. But you put it all together, man. You got something, brother. Oh, look. You season the right. Put the right seasoning. You put the right stuff. Man, listen. There's nothing more blessing to me to hear a Christian serving the Lord and doing what God said. That, that's seasoning to me. I can pick on some people. I'm not going to. That really love God. I can hear them, man. I, can, I see it. The passion. I love that stuff. Oh, they're just religious. Some Christians, they're just religious, making noise. <laughs> I want some of that noise. I'm going to tell you a little story about Pastor Brown. Oh, not Pastor. Brother Brown. He, Brother Brown? Former Brown. Father, former Brown was going to a dead church. <laughs> and Former Brown... The preacher would start saying, man, you know, Jesus loves you. And he just common stuff, you know, just, and he'd get excited. <laughs> All of a sudden, man, Farmer Brown, he was running around. He, he was shouting, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, he'd do that. And, and then demon board, I mean, deacon board, they would, <laughs> they'd pull him aside. You can't do that in here. People are uncomfortable. <laughs> You're making people nervous. We don't do that here. So he said, okay, I'm going to try to stop. <laughs> so next service comes around. The preacher starts saying that Jesus died on the cross and he gave his life for you and he loves you. And, and Farmer Brown, he starts getting nervous and he starts running around again. I mean, they go catch him and they say, you need to stop that. So one day the deacons got together and they said, you know what, Farmer, we're going to have to go talk to Farmer Brown. <laughs> and he's out there plowing. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> He's out there plowing. He, and and, 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 and the, 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 the board or whatever it was, the, the elders said, Palmer Brown, we really like you, a good guy, you know. But, you know, we, if you don't stop that noise you're doing in church, we're going to tell you to leave. He says, I'm sorry, brothers, you know. He said, when I, when I start thinking about what he did at the cross, <laughs> when I start thinking about what he paid for my life, and where I'd be without him today. He said, wait a minute, man. It's coming on me right now. You better hold my mule, man. <laughs> Former Brown's in the middle of the field dancing for Jesus. Hallelujah. I wish, I wish Former Brown would have been the preacher. <laughs> he 
salt. We're salt. We're salt. We're salt. We cannot be affected if you don't have salt. What are you going to offer somebody if you don't have it? How are you going to encourage people to serve the Lord and, 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 and all of that if you're not going to be salt? I ain't got much left. You know, I got a lot, but I can't, I can't preach. I'm a, I don't want to, I want, I, I want to bore you all. If you're bored today, praise God, you need to get some salt, man. Seriously, you need to liven up. Let's get this show on the road, buddy. Hallelujah. Let's do it. <laughs> I remember one time, we was in here, and it was Susie and Renee. And, no, I was joking with them. They, they were walking around. I said, hey, let's, so you need to get, get going, man. So said, yo, come on, let's go. Get us worship God. And I joked with him. I said, you know, it's a pretty good show for nickel. Get going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a bad than It wasn't more than a nickel. <laughs> but I'm telling you. He says here, it is then good for nothing. Talking about the salt. If you don't have no salt, you're not, you're not seasoned. But be thrown out and trampled under the foot of man. I don't know about you. I don't want men to trample my salt. If I, seriously, if my salt is dry, tasteless, now watch. <laughs> I'm almost finished, I promise. <laughs> this is, I come to you, you're lost, and just none of you are lost, but I'm just saying. And I say, you know what? Jesus is a good person. Uh, he, uh, he, he died for your sins, and you know, he's, you know, he's, He's the Savior. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, you know, if you come to church, we'll put you on the roll, you know. and You know, you got some kids and we can, got a basketball team for them to play on. You know, the preacher, you know, he, you know, he, you know, he, he gives us all a chance to share our testimony. It's just good. It's just, it's just wonderful. I said, really? <laughs> But if I come and say, Jesus is alive. Jesus gave his life on that cross. Jesus paid the ultimate price. You don't have to be miserable. He's given you the joy of the Lord. Life comes back. My, I was a dead, cold, miserable sinner that was heading to a devil's hell. But Jesus came and he snatched me right out from the foot of Satan. And I'm born again. Hallelujah. I want to tell you about that, Jesus. Let me, let me tell you what he's done for me. Come on, somebody. Oh, man, well, who would you listen to? The salt has to be manifested. The salt has to be thrown out there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Verse, uh, let me read the, the next verse. You are the light of the world. What? You are the light of the world. You, the light of Jesus lives in you. You're going to illuminate anywhere you go. When they're going to look in you, they're going to see a glow. They're going to say, man, you're glowing like a bulb, man. There's something different about you. You might not even have to speak one word. I remember I was driving a concrete truck years ago. And I had an old man, a dear friend of mine, man, he became a dear friend. And I didn't preach, say one thing about Jesus. I didn't. I was on the radio. 
And he was a believer. God, Holy Spirit filled me. And he came to me. He said, you're a believer, ain't you? <laughs> that light <laughs> was going. And I didn't mention Jesus at all. I didn't, I didn't say nothing. Just, just talking on the radio. Oh, something went out. <laughs> but my radar hit somebody. And that old man says, you're a believer, ain't you? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> and became one, a black brother, man. We went preaching together. He was 40 years older than me. I hadn't talked to him. He might have passed away by now. But seriously. Oh, man, listen. He told me a story one time. I'm, I'm glad I brought it up because I'm almost finished. He said, you know what? My wife was lost. 1963, he had given his heart to the Lord. That's when I was born. Gave his life to the Lord. And what had happened, he, he turned around and he was trying to reach his wife. He was trying to be a, a salt to her. You know, preacher, his preacher told him, Chucky, I'll leave her alone. Don't bother. Just don't bother and he stopped. His wife never come to Christ. I said, man. So I shouldn't have listened to that preacher. Because he was trying to reach his wife. He was trying to present the gospel to his wife. But the preacher gave him the permission not to say anything. And he says he regrets it to that day. His wife had never come to Christ. He was 63 years. So in 1963, he's serving the Lord. His wife never got born again. Don't stop throwing yourself out there because a preacher says it. Don't bother her, he said. Don't mess with her. Don't bother her. Don't bother. She's going to hell, man. Now, this times God says you're not the same thing because you've said enough. I understand that. But him, it was a different circumstance. Like a sense in his spirit that he felt God said, you keep reaching her. Now, she might have died lost. You know, I don't know. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Where was I? <laughs> yeah. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Most of y'all, I tell that story, most of y'all from around here, you ever went down Terrace? And, you, and before you turn to go like toward Broussard, that big curve right after the, uh, the prison or whatever, whatever, and you go straight. Next time you go straight, look up. That big house on that hill. You ever saw it? Every time I go there, I think about this verse. I said, you can't miss it. But I said, I'd like to have a house on a hill. <laughs> I said, the first thing I notice when I get on that road, and I come to this verse, that house cannot be hid. You can see it. Because it's on a hill. A city on a hill cannot be hid. Amen? When a city, when, when, when a, listen, we went to Tennessee, me and my wife for the first time. We was flabbergasted, brother. I'm telling you, you can look in the mountain, little houses on the top of the hills and stuff. I said, man, look at this. I wish that was me. <laughs> I would love to live on a mountain, on a hill. Oh, I love it. And just, you know, just live, raising cattle and whatever we, that we're doing. I mean, the most beautiful thing I've, I've, I like seeing when I go is houses on a hill. Actually, more, all right, we're we, we, we looking, man, all around the place. But it cannot be here. The first thing you're going to see is that white house sticking out in a green forest. That's the first thing you notice. 
Because it, it's, it's, it's apparent that it's, it's the most noticeable thing there. The mountain's fine, but I, you're going you're to see that house up there. You're going to notice. It's, I got to be a house on a hill. You hear what I'm saying? I got to be when somebody comes around me. There's something different about Brother Lanny. There's something different about sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. They got something. You don't see them in the monks of people that claim to be in, and they're living just like us. The worst testimony, the most harmful thing for the church is Christians that get out of this building or some other building and do exactly what the world is doing. And they're going to say, I don't have to stop doing what I'm doing. He goes to church and he, he does it. My Lord, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You got to be a house on a hill. You got to be a house where someone can. That's not about religious stuff. It's not about trying to be something great. It's about noticing that that light is Jesus. It has to illuminate out of your being, it's got to illuminate out of your life. There's no light, there's no Jesus. If there's no oil in your lamp, there's no Jesus. Come on, somebody. And, and, and listen, after today, when you walk out of church, you're responsible. Listen to me, to be that light. You go out there and, you, and you're, you're cussing up with them and drinking with them. And, 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 and you say, oh, Oh, you're a pretty cool Christian, man. You drink and do this like us. You think then people will get saved? You got to be a light. You got to be a house on a hill, a city on a hill. You can't put that light on a bush. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Well, I don't want to offend people. That light will offend people. Sometimes you don't have to say one word, not one, because they see a light. They see a joy. They see a peace about you. And it's going to come. It's going to show. It's going to show. It's going to, it's going to produce light. Don't cover it up with a bushel. On the bed, it belongs on a candlestick, the Bible says, on a lampstand. But whoever comes into that room can see it. When you get out today and you go amongst your family or whoever, that light is shining. Well, I sure don't feel like a shining light lately, but you need to be. Listen, how come we could talk about, listen, today is a high religious day for the world, the Super Bowl. I don't care if it happens or not. <laughs> I'm be honest, I've gotten to a place I, it, don't, it don't bother me that much. This is a, this is a religious day because that's their church. And they'll go radical and they'll, they'll paint themselves orange and green and blue. And, and, and they'll have big old cheeses on there, whatever they wear now. I don't know. Uh, they, 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 they got the shirts on, man. They got, they got their, <laughs> you know they're uh, whoever the team is playing's fan. When's the last time you put a t-shirt on you that said, Jesus loves you. You can be saved. When's the last time you had a shirt that God is the only way? You've had words all the time. <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm not saying you have to go buy it, but you know, when's the last time you, you, you gave a message? I'm a saint fan. I'm a this a fan. I'm a data fan. What you, are you a Jesus fan? Yep. Are you excited about Jesus as who's going to win the Super Bowl? 
I think about sports sometime, and I'm almost finished. I look at the Romans. You ever watch them boogie store? You watch a lot of about those Roman the- amphitheaters where, like the Colosseum in Rome, and and you look down, and what does that resemble? A football stadium, or a soccer soccer stadium, or we call soccer stadium, or baseball stadium. Look at it next time you see it. You know what was going on in them Coliseum, brother? They were killing Christians by the thousands. Throwing, they were enjoying the blood that was shedded from God-believing, fear, God-fearing Christians. Watching lions tear them apart. Cutting them in half. Burning them into steak. And they were cheering, right? They, they craved blood. They craved to see Christians died, and people were sitting in their stadiums and watching the death of our brothers and sisters, and it was a sport to them. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Is that the same spirit that's out there today? Is if that somebody's team loses, somebody's gonna fight, somebody's gonna get in an argument, somebody's gonna maybe shoot somebody because of that stupid stuff. Because it's a spirit of death. It's a false worship. Now, you watch football. I'm not knocking you. Seriously, that's not the point I'm trying to make. But it's, it's what it is. It's another religion. Do you know the NFL doesn't pay federal taxes? It's a tax-exempt organization. Well, I thought only the church gets tax exemption. Well, it is a church. It is a religion. It is something that people worship. Now, again, if you go watch a football game, I'm not going to knock you for that. That's not what I'm talking about. That's it's between you and the Lord. But I'm saying is that when you look at what's going on, how many billions of dollars are going to be spent on this debauchery? That's what it is. And nobody's going to care next year who won the Super Bowl. You know, I think about missionaries on the field right now could use that money. That are starving to death. They, they give their lives. To preach the gospel. They leave their families. They leave their homes, Brother Allen. They leave everything they got to go share this message. And sometimes they don't have a meal to eat. God-fearing people are making a difference in people's lives. You think the, the Super Bowl is going to make a difference? You think it's going to change one heart, Chucky? You think it's going to feed one mouth? Come on, somebody. That's, that's where we get our priority. As Christians, we have to be salt. And we have to be light. When we get out there, we got to illuminate. We got to season the earth. They estimate about 70 something percent of Americans are professing Christians. Do you honestly think if 70 percent of Americans didn't go to church, would there would be a Joe Biden in office or an Obama or Hillary or somebody like that? I don't believe Trump knew the Lord, but I, I believe he was, trying, he was helping Christians. I mean, Trump didn't have the voice. He didn't sound like a Christian. You know, I'm not knocking him. I prayed for him like I prayed for Biden. But he did defend the church. He did. Do, but you know what? I think I got our attention on Trump and off of Jesus. We, we figured Trump was going to save the church and we better preach now. And Trump is going to make everything right. Trump is not Jesus. Trump is not Jesus Christ. Our faith in Jesus, our strength in Jesus, our, our, our hope is in Jesus, not in man. The Bible well tells us, don't put your trust in the hand of a king. 
Put your trust in the hand of a man. Put it in the Lord. We have a responsibility to be light and salt. Amen. Let's stand up, please, God. Believe me, I don't know. Everybody's hard. To me, you're some of the finest people I know. But when you get out there, you're going to have to be the finest Christian somebody might know. If you haven't been that lately, you have the chance to change it. You can do something about it. So I'm going to be a better different. I'm not telling you to go out there and find your big rock to stand on and, and start. I'm talking about just everyday life. Just everyday examples. Just being ready to be an example and a testimony to the Lord. Amen? That don't sound so hard. It don't, listen, when I start talking about Jesus, I went to, I went to deliver some dirt one time. And that one guy, man, he's, he wants to, oh, man, I, like Boogie said, Lord, I'm going home. I was, he was getting fierce, man. He was mad. I said, Jesus, and I was preaching, I was preaching. The Lord said, you don't stop because I had one little guy standing right there. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't say one word. He said, that boy's listening. And as I was being a testimony for Jesus and his buddy was getting ready to jump on me, that little guy, he might be, he might be a preacher today. You don't know. You're going to be surprised when you're going to get to heaven. And you're going to say, I didn't make much difference for the Lord. I tried to testify. How many people have given their lives to Jesus? We went one time. Remember, Jen? We were preaching at the, uh, at the faith house. And, and we were preaching. And we did with God. And I went to a church one day. And, and there's one of the ladies standing. I was so excited. We took it. The lady was in church. You know why? Because we testified. She was in church serving the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you're going to win the whole world, but win one. I'm not saying you're going to win thousands, but win one. And he win one, and she win one, and they win one, and everybody's winning somebody. Because of you. Because of the salt in your life and the light in your life. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. I pray, God, this word went out. And for those over the Internet, Lord God, right now that are listening, God, stir their hearts, Father. Stir their hearts. Stir the heart of the believers, God. Let them see that they can be, make a difference, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, that they can touch somebody's lives. In Jesus' precious name, Father, move over this church. Move over the internet. Move over those that are listening, Lord God. And I thank you. Praise